Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Take your Bibles and turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 26 through 38 and the account of the angel Gabriel announcing to Mary that she's going to conceive in her womb the long-awaited Messiah. That's going to be a few minutes before I actually get to the passage, and we're going to read that passage in its entirety. But before we get to that passage, I want to go back. I just think this is such an important thing to do right now. We've got plenty of time. We're not in the Christmas season where we have to make it all fit in a week or two. We've got plenty of time here. This sermon's going to actually be in two parts at least, maybe three, we'll see. Uh, but um, I want to go back to where it actually all began. I want to take us 4,000 years back before the passage that we're looking at in Luke chapter 1 today. You go 4,000 years roughly back from that time frame and what you find is God creating mankind. And God created mankind as male and female. And they were perfect, the Bible says. They were perfect in the sense that they were innocent. They had no moral or spiritual defect. And God took this man and this woman, he planted them in a garden-like setting, a garden that was designed to meet their needs, and they had complete freedom. Complete freedom. Freedom to enjoy their lives, freedom to enjoy the creation that God had made, freedom to even enjoy personal fellowship with God. In fact, this man and woman were so free that there was only one rule, only one commandment that they had to be concerned about, that they had to yield to. It had to do with a a fruit that grew on a specific tree that God had planted in the garden. God called it the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the one rule that he gave to this man and this woman was this. Don't eat the fruit. That's it. There was nothing else to it. It was as simple as that. Nothing more, nothing less. Just, it's growing. It's beautiful. Just leave it there. It's good. You don't have to worry about it. Just don't eat it. Everything else is yours. And God gave them a warning. In addition to telling them what not to do, he told them what would happen to them if they chose to go their own way and do what he said don't do. And what he said was, if you eat the fruit, this is what will happen. You will surely die. Now, by way of divine revelation, we know that Satan came along in this setting and he interjected himself into the situation and he worked to tempt Eve, that first woman, to do what God said, don't do. And I have no idea, honestly, how long he worked on her. It might have been just one temptation. It might have been a hundred. I really don't know for sure. What I do know is that eventually she succumbed to the temptation and she did what she was not supposed to do. And ultimately, then she took that fruit that she'd eaten from and she handed it to her husband, Adam, And he chose to eat of it. And the Bible tells us that when Adam ate of the fruit, the eyes of them both were open. Their spiritual, moral eyes were open. And they became fallen 
beings, meaning they fell from their place of perfection. They fell from their place of innocence. And ultimately, that means they became sinners. Now, this is something that I think is important, and it's on your note guide. And I don't have too many blanks this week, but uh, the few that are there, maybe you'll choose to fill them out. This is one of those places. The New Testament scripture reveals that Eve, the woman, she sinned because she was deceived. She was deceived. She was tricked. She was fooled. Uh, The Bible is clear. She was deceived. On the other hand, the Bible is very clear that her husband, Adam, well, he sinned because he simply chose to. He sinned because he chose to rebel. It could be said that, that Eve was blinded by temptation... But Adam sinned with his eyes wide open. And just as God said, death came. Now here's how that death came. There were two kinds of death that came because of that disobedience. There was first what is known as spiritual death. And spiritual death is separation of the creature from the creator. That's what spiritual death is all about. And that happened immediately. When Adam ate of his own free will and choice... All of a sudden, the relationship between Adam and Eve and God was broken. And there was a separation, a wall that was built between them. Eventually, and it didn't happen immediately. In fact, the Bible would tell us it happened over 900 and some years later. Physical death came to them. And physical death is also a matter of separation. It is a a separation of of man's soul and spirit uh, from the physical body. And so so this issue of separation from God and an eventual separation of our physical life from our spiritual life is the consequence that that occurred because of sin. And, And from that point, sin and its consequence, death, the Bible says, spread to all humanity. Because like our father and mother, we have all likewise Sinned. And thus we all, every one of us in this room and everyone around the world, inherit the judgment of sin and death. Now, I've laid the picture for you of how it all began. And I want you to understand that when Adam and Eve found themselves in that situation in which they were separated from God because of their sin, God had no obligation to do anything to fix the problem. He had warned, he had commanded them, he had warned them, he had given them everything they needed to obey, and they chose not to. He was under no obligation. He could have just let things go and allow humanity to be separated from him forever. But the Bible tells us in love and in grace, he chose to set in motion events that would lead to a person A person who would eventually come into this world who would become a savior, a deliverer from sin and death. And it was in the midst of a meeting that God had with Adam, Eve, and the devil that he announced this piece of hope. You'll find it in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 where God is speaking here directly to Eve and to the devil. And he says this, I will cause hostility between you, he's speaking there to the serpent, the tempter, and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He, he's speaking there of this eventual Messiah, will strike your head, devil, tempter. You will sustain a 
Eternity-altering blow. Yes, you will damage this deliverer, but he will recover. It will be like just damage to his heel. He will, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. It's not an excessively clear message, but we know from the revelation of Scripture that this is God's first mention that a Messiah would come, that a deliverer would come who could reverse the curse that had fallen. Now from there, I move approximately 2,000 years into the future from that point, and we come to a man named Abraham. We find as we look at Abraham that God reached into this pagan man's life. And yes, Abraham started off as a pagan. He was an idol worshiper. He didn't know any better. And God revealed himself to Abraham and he chose Abraham to become a conduit through which a new race of people would emerge and from which the Messiah would come. And here's what God had to say to Abraham. We find it in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. God said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. And notice, and I will make you a great nation. And, you, and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, Abraham, and what he was really talking about there was this seed, this, this descendant that would come, who would be the Messiah through this line of this new race that God was going to make through Abraham, in you, through the Messiah, all families of the earth shall be blessed. Now I move from there another 1,300 years into the future from the time of Abraham, and we come to the time of Isaiah, who was a prophet. And God used Isaiah in a specific point in time in this world to give many prophecies about the coming Messiah, about how he would come, when he would come, and what his work would be all about. And we find just one of those prophecies here in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. It's one that's very familiar to us at the Christmas season. We find it on Christmas cards and we hear it preached and talked about in Sunday school and at church. And it goes like this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. In other words, God will ensure that it happens. Now there are 300 plus prophecies in the scripture that speak of the Messiah that God would send. A rescuer, a deliverer, a savior who would rescue sinners from the grip of spiritual death and he would establish an everlasting kingdom where the redeemed would live with him forevermore. We move about 700 years from Isaiah the prophet and we find the full weight of these prophecies, all 300 of them, falling on the shoulders of a little girl. A little girl who's identified as Mary. 
says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and is in the sixth month. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.